Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the new Jesus. Uh, this week is actually sort of a part three. Um, and if you put the three together, I don't know what you would name it. Maybe something like uh, an anatomy of love. But I do consider these three teachings together uh, one of the most important things I've ever had the Holy Spirit show me or find or however you want to say that, downloaded, uh, studied, researched. Um, these three things together form a really, really powerful um, truth and something you can practically apply that I believe can change your life pretty quickly. Okay? So, um, Let's review a little bit from last week. Actually, uh, before we get there, two weeks ago, I gave you a definition of love. That's pretty um, crazy to, to anybody, but especially me, to try to come up with a definition of love. Actually, 1 Corinthians 13 is the definition um, and what's in Scripture. But that's where I got that definition, sort of putting it in different words. Last week was 9 out of 10 people are missing a key to love, and that's why they're not being able to do it. This week is, okay, you've heard of love, what really matters, love. You've heard of love, you grew up on love, maybe you felt some love, you want to feel more, you inherently know I want more of that. You know, I want more love in my life. When people get to the end of their life, they realize that's the only thing important and they're often crushed with regret for focusing on other things. But those are kind of the three things. The definition, a missing key, and how do you actually do it when it comes down to, all right, I've been thinking about it, praying about it, talking to people, trying things that didn't work for 20 years, 
I'm ready to start anew and do it right and actually have it happen this time and for the rest of my life to be the way, the best, the best life it can be instead of maybe what it has been, like feeling something missing. So those are the three sort of titles of these three messages. Now, let's review. This is from last week. And this was uh, that nine out of ten people are missing a key to love, which is submission. Submit yourself one to another. That's how we're supposed to love. Submit yourself to the object of the person you're trying to love, want to love, feel like scripture says you should love, all of the above. Okay? Submission is that attitude that we are supposed to have. The husband is the head of the church as Christ, I'm sorry, as the head of the home, as Christ was the head of the church and gave his life for it. He died for it. He got on his hands and knees and washed feet. That's how he was the one with the power. By getting on his knees and washing feet and even going to die so that other people wouldn't have to. Okay? That's the, def that's the biblical sort of definition of submission. And, and it is required for real love. Fake love, don't have to have it. Don't have to submit in fake love. Real love, you do. Okay. So just really, 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 really quickly. Um, if we don't submit, then a cascade starts. We experience a hurt. The hurt creates anger, the anger creates unforgiveness, and now all of a sudden we're in danger. Why are we in danger? Because Scripture says, I'll be forgiven as I forgive others. So if, insinuating, I won't be forgiven if I don't forgive others. So if, it, if this is the cascade, and I choose love substitutes, habits, and addictions, instead of repentance, confession, love, and being right with Jesus and my Father then all of a sudden I may be in a state of unforgiveness because I've, I've not forgiven this person because I'm angry at them. So now I'm in danger spiritually. Okay? Forgive as I have forgiven you is Scripture's message. Okay? Uh, we talked about what's your line in the to not cross when you cross that point. You're in trouble, and I talked about me and stealing the candy bar, and if I and if I stayed in that temptation, sinful, imagining place for like five minutes or longer, typically I had crossed the line, and I couldn't turn back at that point. Now that that time is probably different for everyone, and maybe not just the time, but the sin or whatever it is you're thinking about doing. Okay. Um, a sure way to know that you're in trouble and may have crossed the line is if other people's perception is more important to you than truth and love. Uh, how do you know if you're doing that? How concerned are you about others' perception? Okay? Now, I'm not saying if someone has a wrong perception, you shouldn't go to them. 
I believe scripture does teach that. If you have a problem with a brother or sister, you go to them. You speak the truth in love, try to resolve it. If that doesn't work, you take other people and go and talk to them, okay? So, um, yeah, you try to resolve that, but you need to get to the place healed in your heart where other people's perception is not what inspires and drives you. It's, it's the love of Christ compels me, as Paul said. It's love and truth. That's what compels me. That's what causes my action, feelings, behavior, all right? So if anything other than the love of Christ is what's driving me, I'm in trouble. And I'm probably going to get in this cascade over here, okay? All right. So that's a quick review. Those of you who've been around know that the word quick in front of review uh, doesn't happen a whole lot with me. So uh, consider yourself fortunate. Okay, so here's the third um, of, of our three-part how do you really do love right? Okay? All right. So here's our, first of all, first of all, here's our definition. Love. Commitment to an intention for good for all concerned and the accompanying action for their best interest regardless of a positive or negative for me. End result. That was two weeks ago. Plus, last week, the secret to love that 9 out of 10 people aren't doing, the key is submission. Submit one to another. That's love. Okay? Love submits. Love does not demand its own way. Alright? This is totally in harmony with 1 Corinthians 13 and other passages about love. And then today, that we're just now getting to, alright, we've got a key that 9 out of 10 people are missing. We've got a definition, maybe. But how do you actually do it? How do you do it? Well, empathy plus submission equals love feelings, love thoughts, love beliefs, love energy, and love action. All right, so I did not bury the lead. I gave it to you right off the bat. All right, genealogy. This is absolutely critical to submission and empathy, okay? Um, I need you, if you're serious about this, to do your family tree, to do a genealogy of you. How do you do that? Ten things. Ten things I want you to find about each person. Great-grandmother, grandmother, mother, sister, daughter, friend, classmate. Punch me on the nose in elementary school. I work with this person. I had a falling out with this person. I had a wonderful thing with this person, but they're not here anymore, and I miss them. What, with each person, I need you to go through all ten of these. That sounds like a lot, but you're only going to do this one time in your entire life. 
And I think it'll be a great benefit for the rest of your life, all right? So um, you don't have to be in any hurry or rush. You don't have to do it in one sitting. Just start, okay? First of all, what's their name? Second, what's their connection to you? Are they a relative, not a relative? Work with you, school together, neighbor, somebody on TV you've never even seen or met. Um, what's the connection? What are they most known for? Okay, uh, ask yourself that, and then maybe ask some other family members or people that know that person as well or better than you do, what do you know them for? What's like their thing, okay? Number four, zero to 10 positive for you. Is there, some, is there one thing about that person that you know that is a positive to you? And if so, uh, put the positive down and the rating zero to 10. 10 being maximum positive, zero being completely negative, all right? Number five. Do you know anything negative about that person? If so, write that down. Rate it zero to 10. 10 being maximum negative, zero, no negative. Number six, is there anything major that you know about that person, like major to you as far as your effect on them and their effect on you, or just major about that person? They went to jail for three years for drugs, or they had a big heart attack and almost died, or whatever. Uh, what you consider major, what others consider, I mean, that's objective, obviously, but whatever comes to your and others' minds about that. Um, popsicle memory, okay? Um, does that person I would ask that person, and also ask yourself, if you can ask that person, did anything happen during this person's childhood that was sort of like a temper tantrum or something out of proportion, like going nuts over uh, not getting a popsicle or going nuts over not getting a Coca-Cola or something, all right? If so, put it down. Um, when you think about that person, what's the first thought that comes into your head? Write that down. What's the first emotion that comes into you, emotion or feeling that comes into your head related to that person? And then last, what, what's their history? And for this one, you may have to go ask your grandmother or somebody else, okay? Any positive or negative history related to that person, okay? And I know this seems like a lot of work to do this with basically all the people in your life. But again, you're only going to have to do it once. And number two, so when you get these all done, you're looking for threads that run from these people through you. So you're trying to recognize in here with other people in your life things that you feel or you think or you do or health issues you have. Uh, I had a client one time who had severe autoimmune uh, problems. And um, every, every woman, every female in her family had severe health problems. Not the men, the women. It was, it was pretty amazing. 
what we found out is that my clients, great, 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 I don't know how many greats, but several, grandmother in the Civil War helplessly watched as her children, animals, and home were killed and burned to the ground. And then the soldiers left. Her alone, penniless, no food, everyone she knows dead, no help, nothing. A little while after that, she developed big, heart prob big health problems and died young. And every female since had had severe health problems down to my client. Well, what did we do with my client? Did we work on her autoimmune issues? No. We worked on her great, 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 whatever it was, grandmother and that trauma during the Civil War. Okay? And when that was healed, her autoimmune issues went away and did not come back. And I think it took three, four months, something like that. But she'd been suffering from these things for years. And they were getting worse and worse. And not only that, her family had been suffering from them for over a hundred years. So she was able to break the cycle so that the women for the next hundred years can live happy, healthy lives. Okay? So you're looking for threads that come out of this that that are familiar to you related to yourself or that give you some clue as to how you've gotten where you are, okay? And maybe some of the things that are holding you back or keeping you stuck are also positive things you can build on, okay? So it's all of the above, all right? So this is probably the biggest homework I will ever suggest that you do. And I don't do it lightly. This can make a big, big, big difference. And once you do it, I promise you this, you will never throw this away. And if your children and family find it, they will never throw it away. I mean, it will be kept in a place of safety because it'll be thought of as very important. So I do think it's worth your, your time and effort to do that. Okay. So here's the definition. Empathy feelings plus actions of submission equals love. Voila. <laughs> All right. Let me read you a couple of things. The definition of empathy. To understand. Oh, that's huge. Parable of the sower. If the seeds are snatched away before the person can understand the word, the truth, it will not grow into good fruit. If you do understand the word, the truth, it grows into fruit. What fruit? Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, etc. Alright? So, empathy, the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. All right. Where are you on that? 
How good are you at understanding the feelings? That's internal. They can put on a smiley face and still have uh, anger, sadness, low self-worth, unforgiveness, all kinds of stuff. When Hope was depressed for 12 years, nobody knew it. And, and she used to say, I'm the greatest actress in the world. All right? So are you able, even if they're hiding it, to understand and then share the feelings of another? Let me tell you, that's deep water. That's the high country. Being able to understand and share the feelings of another. The positive ones, yes. Absolutely. Rejoice with them. But that's not usually what trips us up. What usually gets us is sharing the negative feelings and understanding those. How do you do that? Well, the Indians used to say, you can't really understand a person until you walk a mile in their moccasins. And I think that we're... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and I think they were exactly right. You have to use your image maker. Use your imagination. Ask questions. Get more information. Until you understand that person's negativity, if that's what it is, positivity too, but usually negativity, you understand that person's negativity, and then you choose to share it with them, to help them with their situation and feelings. Okay? How good are you at that? How good are you at understanding the negatives? How good are you at sharing them if you understand them? You know, that's not easy. If someone, if they're, if, if, if what they're experiencing is anger toward me, why in the world would I want to share that with them? I, I want to be angry back, okay? Not share the weight and burden of that anger with kindness and helpfulness to try to help them get from anger to patience. No, I mean, that, that's what love does, all right? But most people, if they think this person is angry at them or, ha or doesn't like them or has something against them or is just going through something that's horrible and terrible, I mean, we might, we might say, oh, I'm praying for you. Oh, I am so sorry. If there's anything to do, if, if there's anything I can do, let me know. But do we really mean that when we say it? Are we hoping they won't call? Okay? If they do call, are we going to lie? Oh, I would love to do that. But I promised my, uh, my uh, brother I'd help him wash his hair tonight. Or, or, you know, just something. Whatever. Whatever comes to mind. Okay? Which are you more? All right? So, feelings of empathy, understanding, and, and choosing to share their negative feelings, and then 
after you've done that, after you understand, so that may take some time, then you share, that can take some time, but after both of those, the action is to submit. What does that mean? Definition of submission. To accept or yield to another's will, choice, or circumstance. To accept or yield to another's will, choice, or circumstance. And it requires both. So, um, for real love, it requires you to understand and share their negatives. Okay? And then the action is to submit to them to yield to their will, their choice, their circumstance. Rather than the one I would most want. Okay? You're going to do this with everyone in your life. Well, if that's too overwhelming, just start with your immediate family. Then after immediate family, add secondary family. After secondary family, add um, people that were in your life that you grew up with that weren't relatives. Then people in school that were the most significant. Then people in adult life that have been the most significant. Then people that you work with. Then neighbors. Then just anyone else that isn't covered by the others. All right? You get the idea. But don't let it overwhelm you. Just start with immediate family if you need to. But eventually, hopefully, you're going to get all of these about each person. Then you're going to look for threads. Then you're going to come back to, to here, to those people in your life, and overlay this. Okay, about grandfather who used to spank me so hard it was abuse, and mine did once or twice. Not a lot, but once or twice. I need to understand him a little better, or try to, and maybe all I can do, because he's been dead 75 years, so maybe all I can do, it, I'm sorry, he's not 75 years. He's been dead about 55 years, 55 years. Maybe all I can do is, Father, please help me understand Granddaddy Ingle better and why he used to beat me to a pulp. Maybe it has something to do with him being full-blooded German, coming to America on a boat when he was 17 years old with his twin brother. Once they got to Ellis Island, one of them was sick, one of them was not sick, so the one not sick was forced out into New York. The other one was not allowed to go into New York until they were well, and the well one wasn't allowed to visit the sick one. So it was months before the sick one got out. The well one was then gone, and my grandfather never saw his brother again in his lifetime. And then... My grandfather had worked really hard and owned basically a southern plantation in Tennessee. In fact, it's a bed and breakfast now and has a historical plaque and, you know, it was beautiful and big and nice and they had uh, people working for him. He did not have slaves, but had a bunch of people he paid 
to work for them. And when the depression hit, my grandfather lost that farm. He owed $500 on it. And instead of asking for a loan from his, um, from his wife's sister, who had plenty of money, he lost the house, which was one of the great traumas of my mother's life. But did all of that stuff play into my grandfather's being angry at times when I would do something he didn't want me to do and then him spank me so hard I would have great big bruises and I mean it it was abuse. I mean they would have laughed at that at that time probably but it absolutely was. So maybe he's been gone a long time so maybe the best I can do is Father please help me somehow understand this a little bit. Uh, get a little bit more of his uh, of his history here and then put myself in his shoes and submit father to your will about my relationship even though he's been dead a long time I've still got a relationship with him even though he's been dead right I've still got those memories and they're still active so please let me understand and choose to share. Share what? Share the pain over losing the southern plantation. The pain over losing his brother and never seeing him again. And other things, oh, he was greatly made fun of at first in a number of years because he was German and we were at war against the Germans. Okay? So, so in a little bitty small town, during the war with Hitler, and he's a full-blooded German who speaks with a strong accent, you think he might have gotten a look or two? You better believe it, all right? So I need to pray and, and, and try to understand as best I can, maybe, maybe just a little bit, but as best I can, and then to choose to share which is to accept or yield to another's will, choice, or circumstances. So, let me feel my grandfather's pain as best I can, Father. And please help me to feel it as much as possible. Why? Because I want to go from a place with my grandfather of um, unforgiveness, not liking him, being afraid of him, to love. To where my relationship with Granddaddy Engel today, inside of me, in my heart, is just love. And I can absolutely do that with God's help if that's, my, if that's really my intention and what I'm wanting to do. And God and the Holy Spirit will help me with that. Fruit of the Spirit is love. Alright? But I have a part in that too. I have to choose that. And I believe this is how you choose it. Okay? Alright. So, empathy is understanding and then choosing to share. Submitting is okay. I've got this situation over here that I kind of like and I'm comfortable with, but I'm going to choose to experience your situation, even 
if it's painful for me and not what I want. I'm going to choose it anyway. Out of love and commitment to God and a commitment to you as someone who's in my life. And I want everyone in my life to be a love relationship and be an asset to me and those around me and also be pleasing to God and to help other people. When I'm in a place of love, I can help other people. When I'm in a place of fear and anger, I tend to just hurt other people. Okay? All right. Um, so here's the sort of formula I would suggest. And using the tools we've been talking about. Belief profiling, uh, the Alpha Inducer, Vegas Nerve Breathing, the Healing Codes Trilogy. We've given you all of those for free. We'll continue to do that. Check them out. But here's sort of the formula for this. Empathize until your feeling for that person is a plus 7 out of a plus 10. So if I'm trying to empathize with my dead grandfather who beat me so bad it was abuse, and I've kind of been holding that against him ever since, and I, I do believe I have to some extent, not as much as I used to, but a little bit. This is one of, I have a hard time finding issues in myself sometimes. I've done so much work over so long, but this is one I found just in the last couple of weeks that I did need to do some work on. So if I'm wanting to heal that, I've got to understand him a little bit, and then I've got to walk in his shoes, to imagine living in his life at his time with what he went through, how he must have felt, how I would feel if I had to go through that until my positive love-based feelings related to my grandfather, that feeling is to about a plus seven or more out of zero to 10. Zero being no love at all, hate, anger, unforgiveness, 10, maximum love, light with no darkness, all right? I need to get in that feeling somewhere close to a plus seven, all right? And, and that may take some time, but the more you do this, the better you'll get at it, all right? Then the second part, submit. Submit how? Be, be the person in the situation who's willing to absorb the most pain. Whether that's in my family, whether that's in my work, my business, my company, whether that's in my relationship with myself, my relationship with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, my relationship with you, um, people I grew up with, my family, in any and every situation, try to have the attitude and intention and ask God to help you. Let me be the one who is willing to experience the most pain for the sake of understanding, for the sake of sharing, for the sake of love. Okay? Please, heal me deprogram me, reprogram me, whatever is necessary 
for me to go into this situation, or, or maybe I'm already in it, and to start choosing right now, from now on, as best I can, with your help, Father, empowering me, under, understanding that person, empathize, uh, uh, imagining walking in their shoes, feeling what they're feeling, until that understanding and positive feeling of their negative action or whatever it is, is to a plus seven and above, understand, get your feeling toward them to a plus seven or somewhere close to that, and then a commitment, a prayer, a, a intention, whether it's one-on-one -on -one with this one person that I've got something with or a big group of people, let me be the one to absorb the most pain and to be willing continually to absorb the most pain for this person, whichever one I'm working on, for that person, for that relationship, to honor you, Father, because that's what you said. Submit yourselves one to another. Love rejoices in the truth, and God says this is the truth. All right? So, empathy feeling plus the action of submission equals love. So, so there's your three weeks. There's your, I believe, capsule. Although next week, I'm going to go into um, what some could say is a part four. Maybe I will by next week, but today it's not part four. This is the end, and it's three parts. But we'll see if that's true next week. So, part one, the definition of love. Commitment to an intention for good for all concerned and the accompanying action for their best interest regardless of positive or negative outcome for me. Number two, the secret to love that nine out of ten people miss is empathy. I'm sorry, is submission. Submission. What they want rather than what I want. That's simple. Okay? But how do you do it? You can't just say, I'm going to do it, and then it doesn't, because it involves your feelings and stuff that you don't have complete control over. We've been talking about that. The unconscious is a million times more powerful. You try to do a positive feeling against something that generates a negative, you're going to lose every time. All right? So how do you do it? Empathy and the definition of empathy, understanding, and then choosing to share, plus submission, being the one who's, who does accept the most pain and is willing to accept the most pain, and asking for God's help with that, and, and experiencing that pain until we get through the chaos, until we get to a place where maybe we both, where maybe now, because of me doing this, understanding this, and acting that way toward you, maybe now, after a while, we've gotten to the place where both of us are doing that. Maybe I did this toward you first, but now love begats love, just like anger begats anger. So now, maybe you're doing this back to me. Okay? Which is the normal reaction. 
okay? Someone's nice to you, you tend to be nice to them. Mean to you, mean to them, all right? So if that happens, if I go from a place of having a problem with you because of, uh, like my grandfather, because you beat me and abused me or whatever, and we end up at a place of love mutually, not just me to you, but also you to me. Oh my goodness. That's just, we just did one of the most miraculous, unbelievable, wonderful things that can ever happen in any person's life to change something from, uh, from selfishness, from self-interest, from seek pleasure, avoid pain, what I want, when I want, business deal, love, to real love and mutual, me for you and you for me. Oh, wow. I don't care if that takes 30 years. It's, it's worth it 10 times over, okay? And what if you have done that with a bunch of people in your life. Now, that won't happen in one week, but if you keep doing this consistently year after year, and you, let's say after 20 years, you've done this with 15 people, and with, and let's say with half of them, you end up where this is mutual. Maybe you did it first, but then because of that, that changed their heart, and now they're doing it back to you, and now you've got six, seven, eight people who you have a mutual love relationship with. Let me tell you, you are rich. You are wealthy now. You got six or seven people that have unconditional love toward you. Oh, wow. Most people don't ever experience that. One or two is pretty good. I mean, your children are the safest bet, right? But outside of your children, one or two is about the most most people ever get, all right? But here's the magic. Even if you do this and they never come around, my grandfather never changes. He never thinks he did anything wrong. Now, he's dead, so we couldn't even have that conversation, but I believe he's in heaven, so he may have some opinion about that if he thought about it, or if God is letting him watch me now, or something like that, all right? But here's the magic. Even if my grandfather does not reciprocate this, this still becomes a huge positive and a love-based thing in me. I did what I needed to do to turn something inside me from fear and, and seek pleasure, avoid pain, to love, which leads to joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, forgiveness, health, you name it. Okay? So... Yeah, it will be great if they will come along. And almost guaranteed, some of them will. In fact, some of them, if you do that to them, which means you're taking the risk by doing it first. You're making yourself vulnerable first, where they can hurt you if they want to, all right? With you being that open and truthful and honest and vulnerable and putting them first and submitting. and I mean, they could hurt you if they wanted to right? Maybe. Some of them will come. 
almost guaranteed. And every one of these that come into this relationship with you totally changes your life. One of them, one of them changes your life. If one of these people experiences this from you and then they choose to enter into that relationship with you mutually, if one of them does it, you are changed for life. One of them. It'll make that big a difference. What if 10 of them do it? Oh my cow. <laughs> it's a completely different life. All right? And you have nothing to lose. And as the saying goes, everything to gain. So here's the three parts. The definition, the key that 9 out of 10 people miss, and the blank plus blank equals love. Empathy plus submission. Measure yourself on that this week. And, and, and let's, not, let's not forget these two. Empathy and submission equals love feelings, love thoughts, love beliefs, love energy, love action. All right. So take the uh, take the true you test to see where you are on feelings, thoughts, beliefs, energy, and action. Okay. If uh, all of the true you is is it, the interpretations are written in sentences, paragraphs, pages, but they're also all all 122 on a timeline. Uh, not a timeline. A number line from minus 10 to plus 10, all right? So, uh, related to uh, a person who may be like your grandfather, as I've been describing, where are your feelings? Are they love or are they more anger, unforgiveness? Thoughts, minus 10 to plus 10. Beliefs, do a belief profile, minus 10 to plus 10. Um, actions, are they positive toward that person or negative toward that person? Thinking, uh, thoughts can be an action if you keep going with them, all right? So if these are negative on the true you test, chances are you're, you're not being able to understand their position and you're certainly not choosing to share it and probably also not willing to submit. You want your way. Now, if, you're, if your numbers here are plus three, plus six, plus eight, there's a good chance you are empathizing and you are submitting, okay? And if that's the case, then you're also experiencing love. Now, not only love, there is no path with no pain. Remember that. But love with the pain instead of fear with the pain makes all the difference, okay? So, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about love, okay? That's what really matters. I believe these are sort of the three capsulizations 
of love, definition, missing key, how to do it. And if you will apply this to the people in your life, these are the source issues of your life. Your relationship issues are your source issues. And we're probably going to talk a lot more about that next week. Then here's where you can end up. And maybe you will be saying, Voila! All right, just wanted to add one last thing to sort of uh, cap this off. And I've shared both of these before. Um, it's a book written by um, Andrew Newberg, MD, and two other MDs. They are neurosurgeons, three neurosurgeons doing research to try to determine what is the most healthy thing to the human brain and nervous system? What is the most damaging thing to the human brain and nervous system? Their conclusions, a belief in God and prayer is the most healthy healing thing for the human brain and nervous system. A, clo a, a, a distant second is exercise. Okay? Um, so, whatever that's worth. And then this one is, uh, this is a book, but it's actually the Grant study. Uh, the largest study ever done on the human condition. Uh, Dr. Grant was the final caretaker. It was done at Harvard on the campus there. Took 75 years, I think over 10,000 participants and $20 million. Bottom line, happiness equals love, full stop. So for this one, for us to have the life and health we need to have, we need to be in loving, right relationship with God. This one, if we want to have happiness in our life, the only way to get that is love. Not fear, not what's in it for me, not what I want, when I want. Happiness equals love, full stop, which means if you don't have love, if you're choosing um, unforgiveness, anger, what I want, you're going to get something, but it's not going to be happiness, and you're not going to be pleased. So uh, start today and get what you really want and what God wants for you. In fact, he has guaranteed it. If you will give him control and choose Jesus, Father, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great day.